I'm Michelle Kang, an editor at A16Z. And in our new podcast series, Time to Build LA, we're taking a deeper look at investing and company building in Los Angeles. LA has long been known as a mecca for entertainment, gaming, and the aerospace and defense industries. But now it's also the third largest tech hub in the United States. Snap, TikTok, and SpaceX all have headquarters here. Investments in the region continue to increase, and scores of new founders, venture capitalists, and tech employees relocated here during the pandemic. To celebrate the LA community and the city's growth, A16Z recently hosted Time to Build Los Angeles, an event where we invited LA-based investors, founders, and operators from across a diverse range of industries to talk about company building in LA. In this episode, Grant LaFontaine, the co-founder and CEO of the live stream shopping platform Whatnot, talks with A16Z general partner Connie Chan about building the company, his experience as the site's first person to go live, and why he prefers Los Angeles over San Francisco. What follows is a slightly edited version of that conversation. Great to have such a packed house today. Um, for those of you who haven't used Whatnot, Grant, can you tell us and describe what Whatnot is? Sure. Um, Whatnot's a live stream shopping platform, an online marketplace. You can kind of think about us as like Twitch meets eBay, um, where people come to Whatnot and Twitch meets eBay. Is Twitch. it different than like Home Shopping Network and QVC or? So it's, you know, it's a helpful analog to think about it, where like anyone can come on Whatnot. They can be a QVC style host or or Sotheby's like live auctioneer. Um, I think the people who are coming are, are not coming because they want QVC, they're coming because they hate QVC and this is something different where they can engage in what they're passionate about or the communities that they're passionate in. It's like a lot of the things that are sold on whatnot are collectibles and things in enthusiast categories, things like sports cards, vintage fashion, sneakers, and so on. What made you decide to start whatnot? You know, the, the honest answer is I was at Facebook before this, and my co-founder was at another big company, and we'd both started companies before, and we just liked to build. And that's the most fun and engaging and, and, and you know, satisfying thing that we did. And we just decided we were gonna start a company. And we initially didn't know what we were gonna do, and we kind of just set parameters. We're gonna do an online marketplace, because that's where we spent all of our time, and then we're just gonna build stuff really fast, we're gonna take big swings and build a really great consumer-focused, uh, not vision-focused company. We wanna build stuff people want. Uh, we started off with something really bad, decided we couldn't make any money, and then we kind of came back into whatnot by a little bit of like background. You know, I started selling Pokemon cards online when I was seven. You know, my co-founder done a lot of the same, selling sneakers, Pokemon cards, and we could see that people like us were just getting back into collecting, back into the market, and we thought there was just a, a product to be built that, both in the social commerce space that would appeal to that audience. We thought eBay had kind of fallen behind the times a bit. So eBay for the next generation. Yes. Cool. How did you know that you were onto something? What did that moment feel like? Because the company's really young, right? Yeah, so I guess for context, we started the business in December 2019, just under three years ago. Yeah. Two years, nine months-ish, I guess. Fun fact, when we first got started, you know, our business, we just built a social commerce Funko Pop marketplace. And I bet you there's people in this room who we talked to about that who said that's a really bad idea and didn't invest in us. It took us probably 10 months before we thought we were onto something. The first nine or 10 months, we grew really fast. 
Uh, and that's know, typical of marketplaces, to take a while before you feel like you've hit something. One, it's definitely typical of marketplaces. I think marketplaces are harder to build. You know, you have a classic chicken and egg problem. How do you get sellers if you don't have buyers? How do you get buyers if you don't have sellers? We, we were able to solve that problem pretty well early on. That's why like January, February, March, we were growing 30% month over month. Still just didn't feel like, it didn't feel like something that was transformational. It felt like something that was a little so-so. As you know, as like the world was locking up and COVID was taking over, we wanted to double down on something big in social commerce. And that's when we came to this idea to layer in live shopping and to whatnot. And pitching my co-founder, like, I think it's going to be really cool. It's going to be amazing. So we were, you know, opening up cards live on Instagram and things like that. And it was super fun. You know, I was like, can you build it? He'd never built anything with live video before. And he's like, I don't know, I'll try and figure it out. He locked himself in his room for six weeks, came out with a product. That was in July of 2020. And I was the first person to go live. We were just selling Funko Pops at that point in time. And my co-founder wouldn't use it because he was so afraid it wouldn't work because he'd never built anything with live video in real time and all of that. And so I went live and I'm not like an entertaining person as you'll probably surmise by the end of this panel. Um, but uh, I sold out of $5,000 worth of Funko Pops in two and a half hours, which was more than I sold on eBay in the prior year. You knew you had hit we, something magical. You know, we, we, like, we still at this point weren't sure exactly what yeah. we had, but we go, this, this thing is special. <laughs> Team meeting tomorrow morning. <laughs> everyone all in on this. Even then, I wouldn't have said we had product market fit. I would have said we have something special that could fade away. Mm -hmm. and, and then we kind of systematically worked through the things that we would have to prove to build a really good business. And so those were like, okay, we're just in Funko Pops. We have to like prove that we can expand into other markets. We went to Pokemon cards, we went to sports cards. Okay, in all of those markets, we have to prove that we can sustainably grow and that we have like really good buyer retention, seller retention. And so I don't think we properly knocked down those things until December. And once we had done that, and then I started to get wind of kind of what was happening with live shopping in China, which for those who don't know, like live shopping in China this year will do about $250 billion worth of sales, 20% of all e-commerce, and it's still growing something like 100% year over year. You know, I had the proof points for how to scale and grow the business and knew people loved it. And I had this point down the line that said, wow, this thing can be massive. I think we did it pretty fast, but it took us about a year before we had real conviction in the business. Okay, give us a sense for how has it grown. I mean, Whatnot is the fastest growing marketplace in the US now two years in a row, based off all the second measure credit card panel data. Give us a sense of how fast it's grown. Two years ago, we were the fastest growing marketplace. Last year, we were the fastest growing marketplace at this scale. Okay, so because we're here at LA Tech Week, give me a sense of what role has LA played in the company's growth? Company's headquartered in Venice, but we have five offices. One, one of the ways I like look at what's happening with tech is it used to be really centralized in San Francisco, and for you to build a successful company, you had to like be there. I'm obviously not, I'm not a huge fan of San Francisco. I think there's, for any number of reasons, culturally it's become a little bit homogenous. Uh, city is a little shaky right now. You know, I guess what that means to me is what can happen now is you can build really great technology companies with relative ease in just about anywhere. And I think LA is one of the best places to do that. It's an amazing city with great culture. Describe um, the whatnot culture. So, you know, we officially have like 10 principles that define our culture. And, you know, as we bring people into the company, uh, that's the single most important thing uh, that we assess people on. So everyone goes through an interview where we assess you on those principles. I won't, I won't go into all of them. But I, I would say, you know, the most important things are we move at lightning speed. 
we deeply understand and listen to our customers with incredible intent. We take really big swings and risks. We're playing in you know, a multi-hundred billion, potentially trillion dollar market. You can't be risk averse. And we're all nice people. You know, there's two kind of shortcuts I have on this. One is like I like to hire nice sharks. So people are going to get after it but be good people. The other kind of shortcut in hiring when I'm talking to my team is smart, humble, hungry. And so I want to build a company full of those people. Smart, humble, and hungry. That's the personality that succeeds there? That, that is the, the ideal archetype. You've also seen lots of success hiring former founders. Lot, yeah, a lot of former founders. Other than that, the, <laughs> the background of people who have been successful at whatnot is very diverse. I would say we have a lot of you know, very non-cookie cutter hires. And that's actually one of the things I'm most proud of. One of the most impactful people on our team. It's a good story. He's a partnerships person on our sports card team. Uh, before working at Whatnot, he was like a marketing manager at a local lumber store. I hired our head of partnerships and marketing. He's someone I'd worked with before. I was like, you gotta talk to this guy. I think, I think he fits that smart, humble, hungry mode. He interviewed him. And he pings me, he's like, what are you doing? You're crazy. Who is this person? Anyways, we, I end up convincing him to bring him on his contract. And you kind of like fast forward to today. You know, sports cards are our biggest category by a large margin. Without him, the category would not be where it is today without certainty. And so he's probably one of the top 10 value adds to the entire company. And he's someone who, like, if you look at most startup or Silicon Valley yeah. companies, you probably would not. I think you'd agree if I say we're still in early innings of what live shopping can look like in the U.S. Would you say that's true? Yeah, absolutely. So can you share some of the live shopping stories that you have, some of the best ones for those in the audience who haven't experienced it before? As, as I said kind of at the beginning, we're kind of like QVC, but at the same time, I never ever want to be like QVC. It's kind of like soulless and not interesting. Um, no community. Yeah, there's you don't no, know there, the other buyers. There's, yeah, there's no community around it. And what ends up happening is that when you give everyone those tools, it injects like a lot more personality and, and soul into it. And so one of our first ever live, I think it was our first ever external live seller. They're called um, Funko Whisperer. It's, a, it's now a husband and wife duo. They were not a husband and wife duo when we brought them on, but they've built a pretty large business selling Funko Pops on whatnot. And because it's been such a big part of their life, they streamed their wedding live and sold gifts from the wedding registry and the community bought out all of the gifts on the wedding registry. They streamed it live and sold all of their gifts and so there's just a lot of interesting use cases as you start to hand over these tools to a broad base of people. Like and they're real friendships that are formed with sellers, with other buyers. I see people buying things and giving it to other viewers in the same show. They'll even tell the seller, don't ship it to me, ship it to this other person. Yeah, there's, people will just go in there to have a good time and connect. You know, I think back in the day, you might go to a mall, you hang out with your friends, have social interactions. People are coming on whatnot. They're building real friendships. Yeah. They're buying their friends things. And even just the, the action of buying is really interesting. So I've, I'm pretty into sneakers. I was into sneakers before whatnot started. And now sneakers is, is a pretty large category and whatnot. There's this pair of Travis Scott shoes, pretty popular shoes that came up the other day. And I was like, all right, I'm, they're quite expensive. But I was like, all right, I'm going to splurge. I'm going to buy them. And I bought them. And then everyone went nuts. The whole chat went, I was like, oh, my God. And the seller went, went crazy. And they, they were so happy they got sold. They started taking shots for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you know, the, the community, the real-time interaction, 
as soon as something is a mobile phone and, and on a mobile phone and anyone can you know be their own QVC style host, you just create a much richer and deeper experience that you'd be surprised about. Yeah. What's another story? So one of the other more memorable things, I said this earlier, so sports cards is pretty big. And what's pretty wild in sports cards today is they're, the best cards are pretty big assets and investments. So, you know, I think last week a card sold for $10 million. If you were oh, wait, can you say that again? Last week a card sold, sold for, for like what? $10, $10 million. Not on whatnot, uh, but like broad, broadly. So there's like all the time there's multi-million dollar cards getting sold. And if you were ever a collector at some point, one of the best things you can do is like buy packs and open them live to see what cool cards you get. And so a lot of that happens on live video. It's one of the more popular use cases. About a month, two months ago, a bunch of our sellers were opening up this product that had, they called it LeBron James Triple Logo Man, which is one of the most highly sought after modern day cards. And people thought it had already been pulled and just someone was hiding it somewhere, but they pulled it live on whatnot. So that, that card ended up selling for I think $3 million. So there's like all of these kind of extremes, like seeing like wild, wildly priced items all the way to people's weddings and like really personal interactions. So it's just, it's a very rich environment. So it sounds like it's, it's far more than commerce. It's really commerce and entertainment and community and yeah. social all rolled into one. Yeah, I, you know, I think one of the popular things is, you know, content, community and commerce. And that is, you know, a succinct way to describe what whatnot is. And all three of those are pretty big components of it. What's the last thing you uh, bought um, whatnot? Um, I bought, so one of my favorite new categories is called estate sales. And the reason why is it's just kind of like. Like oh, describe what an estate sale looks like. Honestly, it's kind of like a garage sale, if I'm being honest. But like, And, you know, it's, it's a random hunt. I was watching this show the other day and they were just going into, people were letting them into their houses and opening up boxes. And then they were just like seeing what people want to buy and buying it on the spot. And I just wanted to purchase something because I rocked So it's kind in. of reality TV-esque? Yeah, it's kind of like, there's like all these like shows where you're like, you go around and see how much something's worth. And so I just bought a little like jar. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't care. I just kind of wanted to support the seller and just thought it was really interesting and I shared it with the team. And that, that, that dynamic happens a lot. You just want to support the seller. You end up buying stuff oftentimes that you didn't think to go into buy necessarily. Yeah. Last thing you sold on Whatnot. Last thing I sold on Whatnot was a pack of Pokemon cards. Final question, what is either a favorite quote or a life philosophy you want to share? You know, I'm not like hugely into quotes, but I'll kind of, when I think about how uh, I guess I'm building whatnot and what I think about every day is move fast, take risks, build something people want. And those are kind of the couple of guiding pr principles. How fast is fast? F faster than you think you can move. If you think you're moving fast, you're probably not. And you should look for all, like, one of the, the, the greatest benefits of software is the cost of a mistake is really low. It's like exceptionally low. You can almost always fix that mistake. And so as a function of that, you can move at incredible, incredible pace. One of the biggest mistakes that I personally see with startups is they just don't move fast enough because you can move at lightning speed. We built the first version of our apps in two weeks. Our live commerce product we built in six weeks, but that was only because uh, Logan, who's my co-founder, he made a mistake and used the like some really crappy like live video provider initially. Probably could build it in like three weeks. We are, you know, in the process of launching internationally. We decided to do that in one day. For Canada, the engineering team came to me and said we can launch in Canada in three days. What do you want to do? I said launch in Canada in three days. You know, that's and not product a decisions. You limit the time frame for decisioning to <clears throat> short as humanly possible. Our companies we're like 220 people now. 
So my recommendation to the team is if you haven't made a decision within four business days, it needs to come to me because I'm going to make the decision for you if you haven't made it. You know, those couple of things like speed, user centricity, <clears throat> and building something people want, we kind of inject everywhere. Until you do it, you think you can't, but then when you start doing it, you'll never want to work any other way, particularly at a software company. I'm not, we're not building hardware, so I'm not going to... I did work in hardware before this. We wouldn't do that there. But in a pure software business, you can do that. Thank you so much. Grant, CEO of WhatNot. Fastest moving, uh, fastest growing marketplace. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. For more information about Time to Build LA, go to a16z.com.